If you've been putting off getting more clarity in your career or getting focused on what matters most, here's the push you've been waiting for. This week only, get 50% off the Greenhouse membership. Inside the membership, you'll find our custom courses, masterclasses, and coaching to get you back on track with career sweet spot, career transition, focus and time management, leading others, business growth, influence, and communication. So join us today for 50% off the lifetime of your membership at greenhousecoaching.co slash Black Friday sale to join. Okay, so I don't know if I told you this one. So here we go. I got to tell you something interesting. We just recently went to Italy this summer, my husband and I, and we were waiting for a train, very hot and sweaty, by the way, long wait. And I noticed these two really tall girls. Well, for those who are listening, you don't know how tall I am, but I'm like nearly six foot. So uh-huh. when you see another tall girl, you're like, you almost feel the need to say hello. <laughs> it's a club. It's like people who drive Jeeps. Club. You're like, right. you have a signal for it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We give each other this nice little eye contact. So there was these two tall girls and uh, they had this luggage. So I struck up a conversation with them. And it was so interesting, by the way. They were, they had saved up so much money. They were like 23. Uh-huh. And they were going to travel Europe for three months. Aren't you jealous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. So I asked them what they did for a living. You uh-huh. know, that kind of comes up in conversation. I was trying to figure out if they were just out of college or what. First of all, they talked about how in New Zealand, going to college is not as pushed. Right. They're like, we can skills, other jobs. It's not like, a oh, you are a less than mentality, yeah. which I loved. Yeah. I loved it. But then I just loved their confidence in the way they said, I said, well, what do you do? And she said, well, we're both, um, we're both earth movers. Earth movers. Earth movers. What does that mean? Well, I, 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 I was, I was like, well, what earth mover? I was like, like we're like, there's so many different directions you <laughs> is can this go. A metaphor. Like, what know, are you talking about? And she said it was such like you should know what this is. Yeah. I was like, so like you're actually like moving the. She goes, yeah, yeah. Actually, we both move dirt. We move, so it must be like X. Excavation, you know, like, like construction backhoe. Yeah, they're both run big machines. They love it, but I the title just I'll never forget it now. So <laughs> now I feel movers. like walking up to like these earth movers in <laughs> in America so and extreme. being like, "Do you know that you are an earth mover, <laughs> or what's your skill set, earth mover?" Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so like loved it big yeah. earth mover. And by the way, they were proud. And they could tell they loved what they did for a living. Yeah. They loved it. It's fun. <laughs> it was fun hearing different language and way people describe things and oh, also awesome. different mentalities. Well, and it's so it's so not what you see usually in the States. No. Earth movers are not the young no. tall girls. <laughs> no, they were beautiful girls. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I, thought, that's I want awesome. them to be my earth mover. <laughs> I would love to see that. Yeah, that is great. So today I know we're talking about, I just thought it was an appropriate story today to start with because we're really going to talk about kind of the three camps of purpose, but it's around our careers and our careers and the paths and the choices that we make. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> now I can't focus because that's just the images in my head. There's been that construction outside our office for like two yeah. going on two years now. And the the three guys who are always the earth moving yeah, uh, crew right. are just I would love to see oh. these women in the mix with them. yeah yeah anyway me too. shake it up <laughs> okay so yeah you're right what I wanted to talk about is the three the three buckets the three camps of career purpose because of what we see and experience um, in coaching in our membership community and just in conversations 
And so really the three we're going to talk about are one is empty pursuit, mm. two is Instagram perfect, and three is career sweet spot. Mm. So I just want to talk about the three because <laughs> I think it might bring awareness to what's like subconsciously going on yeah. for people around their work. It's like we spend the majority of our waking hours, the research will say like over 50% of our life is spent at work. <clears throat> and so why... So I think there's just a natural bent towards wanting it to matter, wanting to care about it, or that's so right. frustrating that we completely run away from that. Mm -hmm. And so we end up somewhere on this spectrum, and I just want to kind of call attention to it. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the empty pursuit, which is, yeah, I'm picturing like which a... seems really severe, by the way. <laughs> you know, like, it feels like something I definitely don't want. And I think, but you're right, even though, even though we're joking, you're right. Like it is really severe. And that's my point. It's not, oh, we shouldn't be that severe. Right. So if you think of a spectrum, like this is one extreme end that okay. people go to, which is like, this is like career purpose and meaningful, you know, uh, finding my sweet spot and purpose and passion and meaning in my work is like a bunch of BS. Okay. I get where you're going. Uh -huh. This is a, <laughs> yeah. that is a bunch of BS. It's an empty pursuit. You just need to put your head down and be content with what you have. And stereotypically, this would be like the older generation would view it this way. And I think there's probably good reasons for that. Like if you've lived mm -hmm. through wars and stuff and like famine and the Great Depression, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, you're probably going to view it a little more like, no, yeah. you just need to make ends meet. Yeah, it is a newer topic, you know, do you agree? Yeah, I'm not sure I ever heard my parents or my grandparents ever talking about meaning and purpose that work. Right. But and tons of places in the world that still mm -hmm. are not close, even close to that. It's right. almost like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like as you get more of those things, you move up the pyramid and now you're talking about higher level things like meaning and purpose versus mm -hmm. just like getting food on the table. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one extreme end. And like we're saying, there are people who might be in circumstances where, yeah, there's not a lot of opportunity to like search for greater meaning greater and purpose meaning. in the it's work. It's just like, this is the job. Also, can I throw one other one in there? There also are people who maybe have the opportunity for that, but they really just don't care. I do meet people like that. They're like, work is work. I never once think about purpose and work. It's just, right. it's like not in their right. wheelhouse. Which is like, I it's think that's work. fine and okay. Yep. But I also want to call those people a challenge. Like, I don't think that's true. I mm -hmm. think you should care more about it. Like, I actually really believe that we're meant to have meaningful work and that's like just in our core DNA. So not everyone would agree with me. Mm -hmm. I have people in my own family who are just more like, yeah, work's mm -hmm. just work. And I mm -hmm. actually disagree. So, you know, actually maybe it's that also meaningful work is a very, um, can mean so many things to so many people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably where you're headed to is like meaningful work can sound really extreme in of itself, but sometimes meaningful work just means I interact with people each day Yeah, because I'm an, a people person, right? Or like for me, I, for years and years hate it. I would be the skeptic in this conversation going mm -hmm. like, stop talking about like finding your calling. It's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, right. I was so frustrated that every time I heard a speaker talk about like finding their calling, I was like, right. bullshit. Like, how did you do that? Uh -huh. slash that doesn't happen to most people mm -hmm. i was i was very anti that for so long i hated in interviews when people were like oh where do you see yourself in three mm -hmm. years i'm like i don't know like trying to be good at my job and then go do things i like mm -hmm. and so yeah i think people can fall in all kinds of places but at this point in life i really believe like we are meant to have purpose in our work what where do you stand in that 
personally? I think that I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, I think that most people... She's the perfect balance on the spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the majority of people that I talk to, of course, what we do for a living too attracts us to talking to people. Also, what we do for a living opens up that conversation. Most people really want more. Yeah, actually, I would say more like 90% of people who I talk to wish that there was more meaning in their work. And they either give up on the thought of it um, or they don't even know how to. Uh huh. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Well, you kind of dodged it. I asked what you're, where you yeah, stand on uh, that. I, that's what I felt. You started See? with it and I made fun of it. So that's I, right. Why. Maybe I was like, <laughs> I move to others, on. move to others. <laughs> no, I'm going to actually, I think I needed to talk it through out loud through an yeah. other's person's lens yeah. that I probably am in the 90% camp too. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a, uh, and it, to be realistic, I think it's also a topic that you can change over time mm-hmm. and life takes you to different places in that. I, I just, part of why I wanted to talk about it is I think we can often avoid the topic because oh yeah, it's a hard one or it's like makes us feel like we've missed something. Mm-hmm. I So I know that the reality is not everyone has the same opportunities in their <laughs> career and life, obviously. But I also think like, why not use the agency or the talents you have wherever you're at? Mm-hmm. So even if you are in, let's call it like a boring job or an unfulfilling job, Obviously, there's work scenarios that are bad or toxic and it's like, get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. maybe just a job that you don't love. It's not your passion. But can you find ways to um, use your talents and abilities or to make it more meaningful? Yeah. You remember when I did a podcast about uh, what does do what you love even mean? Yeah. The one thought that's coming to my mind there is that remember I was like, sometimes we only control can control just doing one more thing that we love and one less thing that we don't. Yeah. Like even that step moves us into a little bit more purpose. Right. Which it was almost a hard episode for me because like you and Um, I sitting here, Joe, who does what he loves, creatives. We had, uh, I'll never forget, uh, one of our members, Tina, was like, came out of this awesome like film industry role and was like, I just want to be a mailman. Like it was like, I just want a boring job. And I think we in our field, right. Uh, mainly more like creative fields tends to be can almost get disillusioned the opposite way. We're always doing what we love and it kind of becomes like too normal. And we're like, Oh my God, can we just like work? (laughs) And (laughs) this topic almost seems irrelevant versus like maybe why I'm passionate is I've had lots of different kinds of jobs and I've been in jobs where I hate my life every day. And I'm like, why can't I just do something that I care about? Uh Why can't I like do something I'm good at for once? Yeah. Whereas day in and day out, you're watching the clock for all these hours tick by and you're never doing anything you care about. Mm-hmm. Like it's such an extreme place to be in on the yeah. other side yeah. where you don't even know what it's like to enjoy work. Mm-mm. Whereas we enjoy every day. So it's kind of like we get, I think um, we can get really jaded by that. Mm-hmm. And this topic almost seems like irrelevant. <laughs> and thinking back to Tina, really what she was trying to say was that she was burnt out on the fact that the job that she had was so spontaneous, unpredictable in the money, unpredictable in the time. She felt as though she could have no life. Yeah. So when she said, I want to be a mailman, really what she was saying is, I just want some more structure. Yeah. And for my life to not feel like total chaos every day. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So maybe to wrap up that first bucket, it's like, if you feel like you're in this camp of the empty pursuit I would say like there is something better, whether it's where you're at or something different. 
Um, I really think you're made for more. I think everyone has unique gifts mm-hmm. and abilities and I really like to see them find how they can use those in their day to day. So I think Aww, it's, I love that you said we're made for more, made for more. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Well, it's it feels weird for me to say because for a long time I did not believe that. I'm like, and so maybe I'll change opinions again at some point. But it just seems like everyone does have like talents, mm-hmm. things that they enjoy or good at. Mm-hmm. And we spend so much time at work. Like we should be able to use that in some way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, yeah, it's like you're not changing jobs. You're just maybe pitching to your boss. Like, hey, could I do a little more of this? <laughs> I like writing. Could I do a little writing? Yeah. Make an offer. Like, I know mm-hmm. we always do this thing that needs someone to write it. Like, could I be the mm-hmm. one to do that? It mm-hmm. doesn't always mean go start your dream business. But I mean, the cool people do that. So, yeah, they do. <laughs> All right. So, the second bucket would be what I'm calling Instagram perfect because mm-hmm. I think <laughs> more and more you hear, and the stereotype would be maybe the younger generations. It's like, I am drowning in my slightly difficult job. And the moment something gets hard or mm-hmm. you have any kind of tension at work, you flee and, and throw up your hands and say it's terrible. Because, the, yes, and connected to what we were just saying, they're like, they, the Instagram perfect also makes it look like they're trying to say every minute of every day needs to be purposeful. Right. But you and I also who love our jobs, right? Is that we're also going to? Yeah, like... I think the mindset, again, the subliminal mindset going on to some degree is my life will be incomplete until I find the perfect the job. The perfect job. And the perfect yeah. job means it's perfect 24-7 all the time. Yeah. Nope. And then you see people, like even people go the entrepreneurial route and like yeah. create their ideal job like I did. Yeah. And still, and then they get all, all they're like, wait, it, it, this is hard sometimes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's called work. Yeah. So I guess the point there is, it's never going to be perfectly perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be hard parts. There's always mm-hmm. going to be difficult things. There's mm-hmm. always going to be um, struggles. And like that's why it's called work. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that just because it's not perfectly perfect doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that it's all for nothing. Mm-hmm. What's the hardest part, by the way, about your perfect job? Because <laughs> I know you love it. Yeah. Just in all vulnerability, what is like one of the areas where you're like, oh, that part of my job is hard, even though I love my job? Well, this isn't going to be the one that's like, oh, the everyone resonates with. But I just, for me, it's that what I love doing, which is coaching and helping people find, you know, their career sweet spot and step into it and grow. It's not a, it's a nice to have, not a must have. Mm. So it's really hard to sell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like people love to listen to our content. They don't love to pay money no. and, and step into the work <laughs> right. of coaching. So right. it's like it would be way I just always am talking to business owner friends. I'm so mm-hmm. jealous. I'm like, oh, it'd be so much easier to mm-hmm. sell widgets and things that people mm-hmm. are already buying. Like I could run a landscape uh landscape. A li- <laughs> <laughs> landscaping <laughs> business, a lawn care business, and just like in less than a year, make more than it took five years to make yes. in this business because it's, it's just what people already mm-hmm. are looking for. Mm-hmm. Like people yeah. aren't always Googling for our stuff. Yeah. So I think part of pursuing your true passion can be that. Yeah. It's like creatives find a, you know, an artist might have a hard time making enough, making mm-hmm. a living off of that. Yeah. That's, that's the hardest part for me. Mm-hmm. You know what the hardest part for me is? Mm-hmm. Is 
And it's, it's actually opposite of what people would, would think, Oh, I would love, like, I have a lot of people who say they would love to do what I do. Mm -hmm. So, but the hardest part for me is that I have a job that has me very on a large percentage of the week. Right. You're performing every day in some capacity. Yeah. So that means looking nice right, for the camera, uh, not just like the camera videoing you, but on with your clients. It means um, even if you're having a hard day, being incredibly present for them and having to compartmentalize that. and means that- preparation. And <laughs> yes. the thing I always think about, and yeah, more for you than me, although I experience it too, is like when I was in corporate jobs, you never had to think about your job. You just show up. Other people kind of tell you what to do and you just do it. Yeah. And most of the day is actually spent responding to emails. So someone else did the thinking, right? You're just responding yep. or going to meetings where you just sit there mm-hmm. and you, you a lot of times don't have to do much. You can check out if you want to. Yeah. It feels it's like so different. And yeah. yeah, like people who do what you do and haven't experienced that almost don't even know that's a thing Yeah, and vice versa. Like people mm-hmm. who are in corporate land don't even know that there's a, this is why like everyone says, oh, famous people, musicians, like, they're so like you can't complain. You have you're rich and oh. famous, and it's like no, they can complain because their job is mm, very hard very and demanding. Hard. Every mm-hmm. day they're on. Everyone's watching, critiquing. Mm-hmm. They're always Any performing. Mistake they made, <laughs> like, they could get canceled yeah. in a second. Oh, gosh. that's extremely. That's a level that's a of like stress <laughs> and pressure that yeah, no one in a job job ever yeah. experiences. Yeah, yeah. And yet, would I want a job in which I didn't have moments where I had to be fully present and on? No, right. It's just that. In it, the reality of it is sometimes I'm like, I want boring. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So again, obviously some jobs are truly toxic. Mm-hmm. Some jobs are like, we would advise you get out of there. <laughs> Not saying that hard, hard jobs are always like, just suck it up and deal with it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the extreme end of like, oh my gosh, someone was unhappy with my work. Yeah. I'm running away and quitting. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. No, that's just mm-hmm. going to keep happening everywhere you go. That's mm-hmm. called work. Like it is hard. Yep. Um and yeah, I'm probably a good example of that. Like I created my own ideal job and I still every day is hard for some reason. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, it, sh- it doesn't mean though you shouldn't use your gifts and abilities and you shouldn't try to better yourself and your life and the lives of others. Yeah. So it really kind of I think all this points to maybe the more the middle ground. Right. Where you just naturally yes, I live. Am such a little girl. I'm not extreme. To ask my husband, I am not extreme about anything. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Never. Never. Um, so, of course, the moderate middle. I just think that we're in a culture that's very much like moderate middle doesn't sell. So we we often uh, yeah. just subconsciously get pulled to one extreme or the other. And that's mm-hmm. why there's so much fighting and over everything all the mm-hmm. time. It's like the moderate middle is probably where most things are best. And I think mm-hmm. this is one of them where the career sweet spot is in the middle of those two. It's like, yes, I care about understanding what I'm good at and what I'm passionate about and doing more of that in my work. Um, but I'm not expecting it to always be perfect either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have like the career sweet spot course and coaching and it's really about like finding what that is for you. But mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm talking about it here in more of the context of like a middle ground that's mm-hmm. um, I think you could move towards if you're on either end of that spectrum, maybe it's helpful to move towards that middle ground a little mm-hmm. more. For me, it was I hate the idea of like your calling. I don't think it's true. And so my steps were to like, OK, put that aside and maybe I don't fully believe in it. But what if I actually 
tried to figure that out a little more mm-hmm. versus like waiting for it to be perfectly perfect. Right. <laughs> um, but I don't know. What was your like, what's been your career path? I don't even fully know your I know some of the story, but what's been your kind of journey through career relative to what? Because it feels like you could um, just you, like what you, is what have been your jobs? How did it? What was the progression for you? <laughs> Little pizza delivery girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the high school jobs, right? No, my, that, I mean, obviously, yes. Yeah. We all had those. Well, I was actually, I think I'm inspiring to some people because my journey was longer than others to find their path because I didn't have the same level of education that a lot of people started their life out with. And so honestly, my first job was so awful for me when I was a medical biller. Uh-huh. I sat in a cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> And I started doing that. That's uh-huh. how I started. And then from there, I started noticing that I was good at explaining concepts to others. So then I moved into a bit of training medical billers. See, that was the first yeah. aha where I found, oh, that part of my day is my favorite. Yeah. I still hated my job. Uh-huh. But whenever it was time to train, I was like, light up, light up. So see, that would be the example of moving. And I think that's early on to start to notice yeah, some of that. Like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I definitely was feeling a career Calling very young, uh-huh. the fact that I did notice it in myself. Right? Yeah. Because I would notice it in others too. In a job that has nothing to do oh, with communicating nothing. And nothing. ideas and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does, but not on paper at no all. No way. No way. So huh. I did that for a while, actually. And then um, the next one kind of came to me, which was uh, I worked in a company as a trainer in the area of public speaking, uh-huh. but specifically with doctors. And I didn't ask for that job. I was on a stage trying to sell cakes, uh, auction cakes, auction. You know, I was like, whatever. And somebody <laughs> in the audience came up to me and said, you kind of have a natural way uh-huh. in front of people. Were you trained to do communications? I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, I think you have a natural curiosity when it comes to speaking in front of people. Would you show up for this? And I got the job. Yeah. At 27. And I just had, child number three yeah and i felt like a nothing mom that shouldn't be pursuing anything mm-hmm. i really did yeah and then it came to me and i was like honestly do you know why i got the job he told me i got the job because i was teachable i he was like we you came in humble yeah. and you're like i know nothing yeah teach me so man see this is fun for me because like i know these different milestones but i didn't know all the like Ooh. how it progressed mm-hmm. and then from there i became really good at it so then uh-huh. people requested me and then i became the leader of teams and then honestly when we made it well and then i see then i have that music manager blip yeah yeah like, <laughs> it's like what they all all of them seem yeah. like out of left field but yeah. yeah i worked with the jonas group actually and i was one of the music managers there uh-huh. focused a little bit on presence and communication but like that was again that one came to me though there was a need yeah there was a need and i knew people in that Mm-hmm. family and industry yeah that actually was not one of my favorite jobs though yeah and everybody thinks it should be because it was so <laughs> right, cool it's flashy, yeah <laughs> yeah and i was like oh god this one actually wasn't there was too many details about but you the were job. honing the skills that have been showing up all along yep so like huh. take for instance throughout my day oh, i would be taking care of um the details for the artists yeah you know how i am with details yeah i'm horrible I was like, so if I was that portion and returning a million emails and pitching them to yeah. uh, products that yeah, they yeah. would want to represent. However, when the artists would ask me to prepare them for the red carpet uh-huh. on talking points or uh, their presence in an interview, oh, yeah, I would like light up. It was like my favorite part of my day. And that was another way of stepping into that skill set. See, this is so cool. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. That's like, 
I guess that's the point. Maybe we should have started with that because that's more interesting. <laughs> but I think that's people what, already stopped listening. I know. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, keep listening. The good part. I, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make is yeah. look how you and for you it happened a little more naturally, but like you move from maybe. I'll call it the empty pursuit bucket. Not that you believe that, but you were in a job that was just like, yeah. who cares? I, I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. And kind of naturally started moving more towards that middle ground where it's like doing more of what you're good at mm-hmm. and what you enjoy. Yeah. To the point where now you've realized the things that like preparing someone for red carpet, like, oh, you love that. I did. It was so much fun. Coaching people. I know just of you, like coaching people on how to communicate and present themselves mm-hmm. and finding their confidence. Mm-hmm. You love that and you light up mm-hmm. and you're so good at it. It's like that that's that middle ground. Mm-hmm. You're not expecting like to do that all day long and it's always perfect. Nope. In fact, if you mm-hmm. did it all day long, you'd probably Maybe hate I'd that be bored too. with myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the middle ground is mm-hmm. more of uh what you've started to see mm-hmm. over time. That's cool. Okay. Well, I won't get into my story, although there's a lot of similarities. So I just think point point made, right? I yeah. think we've made the point. Yeah, and I think we have made the point. <laughs> I will I will actually just the one last piece that really stands out to me is that those came to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas the last choice to be a career, a career coach mm-hmm. and a leadership coach was an intentional pursuit. Yeah. It was like, I'm tired of being on an airplane. I was traveling. And mm-hmm. I was like, what transferable skills can I now use from that to this, and I started talking to everyone I knew. Yeah, and I found out about this career path that aligned with my skill sets, and I somehow broke through. No, that's cool. It's kind of you know I think a banner over everything we do at Greenhouse Coaching is like intentional living and just mm-hmm. trying to be intentional about stuff. And I think that always brings you toward that center point, that career sweet spot. And I think this was a guy named Mike Long who I think he's the one who said it to me. But it was somebody who was a bit of a, a mentor and a leader figure and mm-hmm. um, in my job at one point. And he said, it just always stuck with me. He said, break your career into three parts, into thirds. The first part is try everything you can. Start to find the things you like and you're good at. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to know without just trying stuff. Right. The second third is to like find that sweet spot, start to hone in on it and get more expertise, get better at it. And then the third third will allow you to leverage that expertise to do more of what you want, to have more flexibility, to kind of like have more um, control over how you want your work to look. So um, I don't know why that just always stuck with me. I thought it was a cool and a helpful. Yeah. And I did that without knowing that quote. (laughs) Your life was a quote. (laughs) It was. (laughs) And uh, for all you non-members, you're going to miss out because we're about to hop on a live stream yep. to talk a little more about this and answer questions with our members. So uh, if you haven't yet, check it out at greenhousecoaching.co. Mm-hmm.